0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. My name is Sean, I'm your host, and today is August 1st, so July is officially in the books, and we are ready to uh, kick off another month. A lot of exciting news articles to cover today, so let's go ahead and get started with your tech download for August 1st, 2017. AMD is taking aim at NVIDIA's high-end graphics cards, finally unveiling the Radeon RX Vega line of GPUs at SIGGRAPH yesterday. The Vega family of graphics cards from AMD will finally launch on August 14th. These cards are set to uh, compete directly with the NVIDIA GTX series of cards, with the uh, base model RX Vega 56 set to be the entry model, which is going to retail for a price of $399, and the Radeon RX Vega 64, which should compete with the GTX 1080 from NVIDIA and should retail for $499. The RX Vega 64 will also come in a liquid-cooled version, which you'll be able to grab for $599. AMD first announced the Vega at CES 2017 and at that time they said the Vega cards would have more than 200% of the throughput per clock over the previous Radeon architectures. So that's definitely a big improvement and much needed too because uh, at this point Nvidia has kind of run away with the high end graphics card market. So it's going to be interesting to see some of the benchmark tests and actual game performance tests on the higher end Vega GPU to see if it really does hold up against the Nvidia GTX 1080 price comparison wise to the nvidia gtx cards that are available now is pretty close you can get a gtx 1070 for around 379 Uh, i've seen gtx 1080s for about 500 bucks so you know really it's going to come down to you know performance and uh you know if there is any deal to be had as well as whether or not you're in the market for a new gpu or not so the question is why should you care well if you're not a pc gamer or you're not someone who's looking to build a new rig or upgrade an existing pc gaming rig then you probably don't that's uh, pretty much all there is to it but if you are or if you're somebody who's always been interested in possibly building a gaming rig but didn't want to uh you know, doesn't want to spend a whole ton of money, then obviously competition is good and it'll help you probably have a better chance at getting a good deal on the components you need to build a rig, especially when you combine this announcement with the fact that obviously AMD announced their Ryzen processors, which are now competing directly with some of the core i-line from Intel. So it looks like there's some good competition shaping up in the PC component market, and uh, you know myself, I typically always have a gaming rig sitting under my desk. You know, I do all of my content creation, like graphic design, video editing, audio, um, creating this podcast, all that stuff on a Mac computer. But um, I like to have a gaming rig under my desk just to uh, be able to play some some games uh, from time to time. And uh, but in the same mentality that I apply to everything, I usually build my computer out of slightly older gaming parts. My current rig that's under my desk now has an older Core i5-3570K that's been overclocked to, I think, 4.2 GHz, and I'm running an overclocked GTX 970, so older generations of both CPUs and graphics cards, but I'm still able to get, um, you know, 1440p, so better than 1080p gaming at mostly ultra or high settings. Um, in most games and still running at about 58 to 65 frames per second in even some of the more demanding titles so that's perfectly fine for for my purposes Um, i actually did a youtube video on that as well and if you want to check that out on my youtube channel you can kind of see some of the actual performance and settings i'm using in certain games but um you know yeah i think if you're in the market definitely something to keep your eye on and wait till we see some performance reviews on the latest vega gpus from amd So it looks like DJI is investigating some issues with its latest Spark drone. Uh, Some users are reporting that the drone is having flyaway issues or inadvertent crashes when using the active track mode as well as some of the other automated features within the Spark. DJI has stated that it's unclear yet if it's a widespread issue or if it's just confined to a few faulty units or potentially could just be user error. DJI is currently investigating the problem and on the DJI official forums is encouraging users who are experiencing any of these problems to send in the company uh, or to send the company, rather, the flight log analysis. So if you were unaware, all the Spark drones kind of have their own version of like a little black box uh, like you would have on a full-sized aircraft. And it kind of just tracks all of the telemetry and other information related to the flight, um, and including things like altitude, wind speed, anything that the Spark is capable of measuring, all gets recorded and logged so that you can kind of... Uh, use it to troubleshoot any kind of major problems that might happen during a flight. So um, so DJI is going to be looking into those to see what's happening with these Spark flyaway issues. You know, I, I've been using the DJI Spark now since it first launched, which was, uh, I believe this came out on June 15th. So I've been using my Spark for, you know, a little over a month and a half. And I have had no problems with mine. The only issue that I've really had with the spark is the fact that some of the, uh, automated modes, like the, the droney, which is supposed to have it fly away from you and then gain altitude. So it kind of goes back and up, um, doesn't really seem to be gaining altitude. It kind of just goes back, which is, <laughs> which can be a little bit of a problem. If you're, if you were expecting it to go up and there's an obstacle in the way, then it could potentially just fly straight backwards and crash into whatever's back there. But, um, but you know, I've been careful to only use it when there's no obstacles behind the where the drone will be flying in its flight path. So, but um, I think uh, that issue is being resolved by DJI currently, and they're looking to issue a firmware update that will fix that. But other than that, I've been pretty impressed with the Spark and I have yet to put my review up on my YouTube channel, but I'll talk about it here once I have a little bit more time to put all my thoughts together. But you know, the the Spark is pretty impressive for what it is. And I've actually been really impressed with the photograph quality and the um, the image quality of the video, even though it's only 1080p. And I do have other drones to compare it to. I have a Mavic Pro and I've used some of the Phantom series drones. So I, I have a pretty good frame of reference for what the drone quality can look like on any of these cameras that are in these drones but the spark being as small and as portable as it is as well as being quieter than any other dji drone i've ever used that makes a huge difference because uh if you've ever used a drone one of the problems with these things is that you know you pull them out and you, you get a lot of nosy people kind of wondering what you're doing as well as people that seem to think that drones are kind of like this sort of uh I don't know. They think they're illegal or they just think there's people that have a lot of issues with drones. And so you always have to deal with people asking questions or people giving you dirty looks and whatever. So the more inconspicuous a drone can be, the better. So that's definitely something that I've appreciated about the Spark. So I'm definitely rooting for DJI to figure this problem out, or uh, at the very least hoping that it's something that uh, that can be resolved easily and quickly and doesn't affect the sales of the Spark because I'd really like to see the Spark be successful so that we can see possibly a Spark 2 i'd love to see what dji could come up with for that one if it was to come out sometime in the future nvidia has announced the new titan and quadro external gpu solutions for increasing workflow productivity for laptop users so if you're not familiar the quadro and titan gpus from nvidia are much more productivity driven gpus as opposed to being for gaming so think about uh, people that do um, high-intensity 3D modeling or animation or AutoCAD work that needs a little bit more GPU power or uh, even people that are working in VR or artificial intelligence workflows. Um, those folks need a little bit more power and have typically resorted to buying gaming laptops so that they had the more uh, the dedicated GPUs, so the discrete GPUs that are associated with gaming laptops. But of course, gaming laptops are known for being a little bit more gaudy, usually a little bit more bulky and more power-hungry. So, you know, you can definitely get a much more sort of sexy, sleek, and stylish looking laptop if it doesn't have the sort of gaming uh, stigma attached to it. So, you know, external GPU would be a good solution for those people to have the ability to have a nice portable laptop that they can then dock at their office or their home desk and, you know, plug into an external GPU. Now, it's worth mentioning that the eGPU market or or external GPU market has really been on the rise since the release of USB Type-C. The ability to have one cable that runs both the data and power so you don't have to mess with connecting a bunch of different pieces and parts to get an external GPU to work is definitely making things a little bit easier. And a representative from Nvidia said, while more computing power than ever is needed for VR, photo reel rendering and AI workflows, mobile systems are getting thinner and lighter with limited performance and memory. So clearly this is meant to sort of offset some of those limitations for my slim, um, easily portable laptop. There is no word on pricing just yet. So stay tuned for more information about those as it becomes available. Huawei CEO Richard Yu confirmed in an interview with Bloomberg that the Huawei Mate 10 will boast a bezel-less display. Yu also states in the article that the Mate 10, which has a much longer battery life, a full-screen display, quicker charging speed, better photographing capabilities, and many other features, will help it to compete against Apple. Wow, you gotta love a confident CEO. Uh, competing with Apple is a tall task, but I love his uh, his confidence in the fact that the Huawei Mate 10 is going to be good enough to compete with some of the larger flagship phones from the bigger phone manufacturers. Some other uh, notable features that have been rumored about the, uh, the Mate 10 are the fact that it is said to include a six inch display that is t- 1920 by 1080, so a little bit on the lower resolution side, which I don't think is too big of a deal, but the camera inside is supposed to be based on a Leica branded sensor, which could be huge for overall image quality. And in terms of the actual processor, um, Huawei's using their own high-silicone Kirin 970 sock, so it's an in-house sock that uh, is based on the 10 nanometer process, so should be super power efficient there. Um, you know, I don't know, I think the uh, the last Mate phone was pretty impressive, and uh, the early mock-ups of the Mate 10 with the bezel-less display, anything with a bezel, anything with no bezel looks really good, doesn't it? I mean, they've really, the whole bezel-less display thing has really gone into overdrive, and uh, you know, I think there is something really cool about seeing a phone or, or really anything, for that matter. It could be a monitor, a television, with just no no bezels. It just goes pixels right to the edge. Um, it just looks really cool. And um, you know, I think that uh, you know, from from the aspect of the Mate, I think that Huawei's been making some pretty high quality products over the past couple of years, using a lot more um, you know higher build quality than a lot of low end manufacturers or a lot of the uh, other manufacturers coming out of China. So um, it should be interesting to see what the Mate 10 uh, can bring to the table. So it looks like we have another unicorn. Reddit is the latest company to be valued at over a billion dollars after its latest round of funding valued at about $200 million. The company is now reportedly valued at 1.8 billion, according to its CEO, Steve Huffman. This latest round of funding is the largest for the company ever and should help the company expedite a number of internal product and business efforts, including the redesign of its homepage and its first foray into user uploaded video. Obviously, it looks like Reddit is looking to, you know, get in on the whole video craze that is now dominating the Internet. It does seem that if you don't have video these days in some way or another that your traffic kind of suffers. But you know, I haven't used Reddit as much in the past few years as I did earlier um, in its development. So I don't know why that is exactly. I just think uh, usually I can I can stumble across anything I'm looking for without having to go to a specific Reddit forum. But um, I still use it for certain things, but I don't know. Are you guys still using Reddit? And do you think it is worth being valued at $1.8 billion? And that's going to do it for another episode of Tech Download. Hope you guys enjoyed the content. If you guys have any suggestions or have any thoughts on other things you'd like to hear on the show, you can now request those with uh, Anchor's new built-in feature. If you're listening via the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Gadget Reason, and you can let me know uh, your thoughts on the show or discuss anything else tech-related. And, uh, you know, I do have some other content coming your way with uh, some new uh, some new types of stories that I want to bring to the gadget reason radio show uh, outside of just tech news something similar to like what you might have heard if you tuned in on saturday and i will also be doing tech reviews um, via the podcast and gadget reason radio as well so definitely stay tuned for all of that content coming your way in the future thank you once again to everybody who has favored the station or subscribed to the podcast i really really appreciate you guys tuning in that's it for me i will talk to you guys tomorrow enjoy the rest of your day and have a great afternoon